Hey, everybody, we're back for another solo episode with Allie and I. We're so excited. I know. I am really excited. And I will say next week, though, we are back on the guest grind. We will have a guest, which I'm also really excited for. Correct. Yes. I'm sure you guys are probably getting tired of just hearing us talk. So don't worry. We have guests (laughs) in the queue. They are on their way. Although, we had so much happen this past weekend that I oh feel like it's kind of a blessing. Oh I know it kind of worked that out that we did not have a guest. <laughs> yeah, it worked out because we almost were going to try and book one for today. And I think it worked out that it ended up being just us because we have so much to catch up on so much. We really events. do. We really do. Um, yeah. I mean, the Derby, the coronation, there's, I don't know where you want to start, but eclipse, there's a lot. The full moon eclipse, eclipse that we had. Like, yes, I forgot it. Oh my God. I forgot about that one. Right. So much. which speaking of the Royals, I think we talked about this last time a little bit, how mm-hmm. I think we spoke on it, that like, it is not a coincidence that they picked that date, that it was an eclipse mm-hmm. and a full moon and all that stuff. Like, it's just not, it's just crazy. So no, and it's funny because one of the astrologers that I follow posted something on Saturday with like the exact astrology of the day and like throughout Charles's life. And like, they basically were like, the royal family has to have like a family astrologer. Like there's no oh. way that this didn't happen. And like, it was something very specific about that his coronation was on the sixth and like how it ties into things and so on and so forth. And I, I should have saved it to like read it. I didn't think about it, but um, very interesting that it was such like a significant day in his personal astrology. Oh, that's interesting too. Yeah. I mean, they have to, they joke yeah. about it in the crown, right? If you guys have, I'm not, this is not that big. It was, it's not really a spoiler where princess Diana in the crown, she's like, well, I got to do my astrologer. My acupuncture is not like they um, mm-hmm. show her having alternative, like, you know, practitioners that she works with. So mm-hmm. they kind of give a nod to it in the crown, but I do think some of the stuff in the crown is accurate. Like I definitely yeah. think they all have astrologers that they work with for sure. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm sure. Um. Anyway. So what were your what was your takeaway, I guess, on the coronation? What were you thinking when you were watching? I mean, it? best dressed was Kate. I don't care how you guys feel about yeah. her. She looked amazing. And Charlotte stole the show. Good. They stole they really the freaking cute. show. They were so freaking cute. I do think it it was very, um, like it moved quickly. Like, cause I got up early. I wake up early most days. So I woke, I saw a lot of it like live. Not that it did a good job of keeping it moving and like, but also keeping with tradition um, I did not love that they requested no tiaras and no like regalia, or I guess they were allowed to wear the regalia, but no crown or tiaras for anyone present. That was weird to me. Um, I feel like that's him being a baby and like wanting the center yeah, attention on him. I agree. Um, so that was crazy. Loved how Kate got around it by like basically making a headpiece that looked like a crown or a tiara. Yeah. I was like, you go, girl. Like, you go, girl. Yeah. Like, you should like. You know what I mean? Like there, we live for this. And also she's meant to stand out from the crowd. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't be mm-hmm. royal and expect all these things and then not like, I don't know, own it, show up like that. Yeah. It just felt very weird that they requested that. So that was um, well, it's interesting because Cindy and I, right before we started recording and this, I think we'll cover in a future episode, we were talking a little bit about like ego um, and how we deal with our egos, how they come, you know, into our life, et cetera, so on and so forth. And 
um, there was were like rumors and speculation that they banned tiaras just because Kate has been getting so much front page like press lately um, that basically like Camila is not happy about it because she's supposed to be the queen now and da 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 and um, for the first time like ever there's been negative things like leaking about Kate to the UK press. And they're saying now that Camila is trying to do to Kate what Camila did to Meghan Markle. So, yeah. So I'm, and, but the difference is, I guess, that like William and Kate's camp is like pushing back, like they're doing their own thing. Um, So I'm really curious to see like how that plays out in the coming months, like now that they're officially like crowned and what that looks like. Cause like one of the major like, echoes that I heard on social media over the weekend was like can we just skip Charles and Camila and go right to Will and Kate and like I think that's how a lot of people feel oh for sure but on that note like we were young but yeah people did not I mean think about her she was the third person in the marriage Mm -hmm. of Princess Diana and Charles like yeah the entire time. Like she's a mistress or that's what yeah. she used to be. She's a mistress. Yeah. She was his married mistress. Like they had a fair for years and now yeah. everyone's just supposed to quote unquote, forget that and welcome yeah. her. And yeah. you know, like I, I think that there's a lot of underlying sentiment of people who I would say probably our parents' generation, like of yeah. their age, like 50s, 60s, 70s, who were like living through, it yeah. would be like, you know, William and Kate, like Kate, or excuse me, William Absolutely. having a mistress this whole time we, we of course would side with Kate yeah. like well at least I would I mean yeah. I don't think anyone should go through that but especially not in the public eye having to go through all that so like now she's married and crowned and they're then everyone's supposed to like adore her like it's just no, it's, it's just a t- when you think back to like all the stuff it just yeah it's a tough it, pill to swallow it's a tough yeah. pill to swallow well I think too like Charles and Camila, I don't get like the warm fuzzies from them or like really mm-hmm. any good energy. Whereas like, at least with Queen, Queen Elizabeth, like she was reserved and she was very regal, but you could tell she really loved the country. She really mm-hmm. loved the people, like just her dedication. I feel the same way about like Princess Anne. Like, I feel like she mm-hmm. shares the same thing that like the queen did, but like Charles and Camila, I kind of am like, I don't know what you guys are really doing. I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think I trust them. I mean, exactly. how can you trust someone who had an affair for their entire first marriage? Like, yeah. I say this to yeah. people, like, at some part is that, I mean, I'm not saying monogamy is everything, okay? Like, I do believe there's all different types of relationship. Yes. I mean, yes. love watching a good thruple on TV, you know? Yes. Like, okay, great. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> but if you're, if you're claiming to be monogamous and then you're yeah. not, that's where I have the problem with it. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just- yes. I'm blessing all the relationships out there. I don't care. No judgment, yeah. but like, don't claim to be one thing and then turn around and do the opposite yes, and then expect I everyone agree. to welcome in. You know what I mean? Like, that's yes. the part that I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it doesn't feel it, right. Yeah. Nope. Does not. And it doesn't make me trust you. Like, I don't care that yeah. that was how many years ago has princess Di been gone like decades ago, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I don't trust you. I don't trust it. Yeah. You know? I'm with you. Um, um, did you see any, I was curious, cause I didn't watch 
all of it. And we were, it was my husband's um, brother's graduation over the weekend. So it just was a nutty weekend. But did you catch any Green Man references at all? Not during, not um, in the uh, ceremony itself. However, I loved that they came, so they being um, Charles and Camilla came in wearing yes. red robes. Okay. And then halfway through the ceremony before they're anointed, those are removed and like, and they're wearing white, which is a symbol of purity. It's also a symbol of spirit. It's fresh start, new beginning, yada, yada, yada. Right. So they're wearing yeah. white, white underneath like the, the outfits, even, even Charles, like he had a white dress shirt on and white, like uh, you know pants or whatever. Um, so they take off the red robes they get anointed. Okay. They go through the crowning, all the thing, the swearing in all the jazz. And then they leave wearing purple crown and purple uh, robes, Okay, which so in astro or not astrology, I'm sorry, in auras, like I yeah. always tell my clients and I was this way too. I was red for decades when I was in my corporate career. And then yeah. eventually you switch into like the spiritual, the blues, the purples yes. is like the, and think of the chakra system, right? Red is the root, like the beginning, the foundation. Um, Purple is your crown chakra, the top of your head, which is your enlightenment connection to spirit connection to source. Right. So like they literally had them go. I like the symbolism of that. I thought was really cool going in in red robes, coming out in purple of like, now they're spiritually anointed, enlightened, meant to be able to rule now. Um, that's why purple's used a lot in Christ. And we're gonna talk about this spoiler alert in our next one of like purples used for like the resurrection. Like when Christ has like, um, become the chosen one, the resurrected it's purple because again, he's ascended. He's now spiritual. Um, He's now able to like provide insights. Not that he wasn't dead before, but you know what I mean? So it, I thought that was interesting. The other thing I thought that was interesting was the different, um, flowers that they chose to have woven into Kate and Charlotte's dresses. Yes. And I wish I had written it down right now. Cause I'm going to blank on what they are. It was supposed to represent each of the States, like Ireland, yes. Britain, Wales, like whatever they all, the Commonwealth or whatever. Yeah. But I also thought it was interesting. There were four. So it's like the four elements, earth, yes. air, water, fire, the four seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter, um, the four cardinal directions, North, mm. South, East, West. And I think the flowers each represented like healing energy, right? Like, so I, I don't know if a rose is on there, but like what rose represents in healing and thistle represents in healing. Like back in the day, they use those things for alchemy and for healing practices. So I thought it was interesting, the flowers that they chose for that stuff as well. So I'm not, I wasn't as prepared to like, didn't read up on all of that, but that was no, coming through. What else was interesting with symbolism? Um, so fa- Oh, and then the screen that they had around um, print or well, now he's King Charles. I'm so sorry. Around King Charles, the yeah. screen when he's anointed on the okay. outside, there was the tree of life. There may have been a green man in that. Oh. I wasn't like as looking into that as quick, as closely. And then okay. there were like white doves, which are symbol, like oh. symbolisms of like renewal, rebirth. Again, the church uses that for the Holy spirit, right? Like there was just so much yes. that I was like, interesting. you know, it was, it was interesting. So there was some of that in the ceremony and then the, going from the red to the purple, I thought was just Okay. Yeah. Wild in terms of like, that's what we're here on earth. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here on earth too. Right. We come in and like, I see babies that are really like purple. That's how they show up when they're here when I do auras. And then when they get into like the real world, trying to figure things out, they turn red and then they eventually move back to purple when you're like living your purpose and fulfilled Mm. and like 
on your path and highest and best yeah. good and yada, 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 yada. So oh. it's, I mean, I've seen it in my own aura. I've seen it in clients auras. like, that's so it was interesting that they chose that for the colors too. It's yeah. very just fascinating. Goes hand in hand. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the coordination is interesting. I like I said, I only caught the tail end of it, but knowing all the symbolism now, I might have to find like a recording of it and just like click through it to look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was also there. interesting some of the things that they use, like the orb. He yes. holds the orb with the cross on the top of it, right? Yes. That is um, like a symbol of, I think it's a little bit manipulated, but it's like the onk. Am I saying it right? In... I don't know. I'm oh God, I'm idea. saying it wrong. I'm going to hang on. Don't, I'm going to look this up because I need to get this right. Um, it's, it's flipped, but it's in, it's a symbol that's used all the time in ancient Egypt with like the circle at the top and then the cross. Okay, wait, I'm going to look this up. I think I'm saying it in Egypt. I'm saying it wrong, obviously should have onk no i'm saying right a n k h but anyways See, I'm, it's, I'm just um, not educated on it so i have no idea i'm saying it probably onk onk a n k h anyone wants to look it up you can google it. anyways it's the egyptian symbol of life ah interesting like new life anyways he's holding an orb so it's reversed but i thought when they one of the things that he holds when they're taking when they're doing the actual like swearing in or like the you know process of coronating him is this this symbol it's flipped upside down so it's interesting that it's also used in egypt all the time they don't really fully know what it means but yeah. they're all holding one like all the egyptian gods goddesses uh, people if you look it up it's everywhere um oh. so again he's holding it it's flipped but if he was holding it from the top it would be the right direction that's how it's seen in the yeah. symbolism so it's funny that they have that and then um, also he has like a staff or a, a, like a wand essentially, which again, like okay. Merlin magic, like yes. all those. So it's yes. just, he's holding it as like a staff thing, but it's like a wand essentially. So they're not talking about all that stuff, but it's very present. It's just, yeah, it's very yeah. present. Um, interesting. Yeah. If anything else comes up, we'll have to make a note and talk about it more next week. The other thing that I thought was super interesting, taking a total 180 to a very American tradition, was Cindy posted yesterday about all the symbolism behind the Kentucky Derby winner, the horse, the winner Mm -hmm. horse, whatever. And I thought that was fascinating too. Yeah, that was insane. So like um, the horse that won, Mage. So that's a name. This is one of my favorite movies, but the King Arthur movie, I think it's Baz yeah. Luhrmann that did it with uh, Charlie Hunnam as the main character. And then there's mages that he works with. So that's a very, uh, you know, mythical, like British type of word or like Celtic word. Instead of calling them magicians or, ma- or magic or wizards or witches, they use the word mage for someone who has magical powers. So the horse's name mage, his dad was oh god was it good magic or like no glenda the good was the grandmother um i should look back at my post <laughs> the dad was also like a, ma- a magic name which i thought was like hilarious yeah um and it was a number eight which is infinity um uh, oh no it was good magic good magic and glenda the good he was a number eight in the lineup which is literal just they pick it's just picked like it's a lottery thing right they don't actually choose that um which is infinity and I just thought it was, I was like, I have to bet on this horse. So then he won. I yeah. was like, oh my God, I should put more money down. I was like, all the symbolism, I know these things. I'm like, I should have, I should have put my money down, but it was really fun to see that like that one ended up winning and came from behind, like was nowhere near the front and just like came yeah. up and was like, I'm doing this. It was funny. So 
Um, cool. I don't know if you already said this or not, but also I know you mentioned that the race was within 24 hours of a full moon lunar eclipse. So it's yeah, like, it must've been really eclipse, powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was wild. So wild. Also, it was sad that they, this is the most number of horses that have died before a race too. That was really sad That's to see. terrible. Like, mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Was it the thing with the steroids or is it something um, else that happened? No, I think it's something else. So when I was researching it today, I was just reading up on it. And um, an article that I read simply said that um, two of the seven were, or two or three of the seven were from the same trainer. So that trainer's in band. None of his horses can race yes. anymore or do anything. Um, a few of them were just injuries, like a weird step. Okay. And they chose to youth, euthanize them, meaning like oh. the recovery process would be so yes. difficult and too, just too stressful for the horse that, yeah. um, they chose to euthanize them. Um, oh. I will say that the reason why they're maybe a little more liberal with that practice is because of insurance purposes, like insurance will pay oh. out for like death, not necessarily just oh. an injury. So it's like really sad to see that, but I mean, who knows? I don't, I wasn't there. I'm not privy. Yeah. So maybe they were so injured that it would have been just detrimental quality of their, yeah. And yeah. mental, physical quality of their life wasn't going to be there. And in that case, you have to make the tough decision. I mean, it's yeah. hard, but the fact that they did it with like seven horses leading up to it was like really crazy. So that is just crazy. Um, it was sad. It was sad to see. Um, but I also think that was eclipse energy. It's like bringing things in and out and it might be bringing to awareness to the industry. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, yeah. not all horse industry prep, but the thoroughbred racing industry is kind of corrupt. I mean, it's kind of corrupt. Oh, yeah. This kind of stuff happens all the time. So the fact that seven happened on that day, maybe it's yeah. like, again, like maybe this is part of the eclipse is like, I mean, it is it's like revealing things that need to yeah. come to the surface so that they can heal and be, be changed. Exactly. And all eyes were on, not all eyes, but majority of eyes were on this race. You know, it's the Kentucky Derby. So people are going to hear about it and news reporters are going to talk about it. And maybe now there'll be some change going forward. I don't know. Yeah. But well, I'm um, glad they're talking about it and I'm glad people know about it. Cause even like, um, how I found out about it was DJ's brothers were talking about how there was like a trainer basically that gave three horses, like too many steroids or something. And I'm like, well, if they know mm-hmm. about it, it's not like, you know, any of us are huge, very educated mm-hmm. on the horse world, you know, mm-hmm. then like mainstream mm-hmm. people must know to an extent at least, which is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and again, like that might happen all the time, but the fact that there were so many eyes on this race, they couldn't yeah. just be like, ah, we're just not going to let them race. They were yeah. like, we got to take action on this. And they did. So yeah. this trainer, not only is the trainer, not a, the trainer's band, but any horse under this trainer's care right now cannot race on any us affiliated like racetrack like if it was someone's like you know random one that's kind of off track maybe but not on anything major which i thought was i mean it sucks for those owners but um i think it's huge for the industry like they're not gonna put up people's yeah corrupt practices so yeah i mean it was a very interesting day but again that's eclipse season stuff right like that's stuff that's like comes to a head and it's finally yeah. taken care of or stuff that people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. I'm telling you it happens every freaking day in that industry. It's yeah. just that now all eyes are on it. So they had to actually yeah. do something about it. So, so people recognize you know, it's, it. mm-hmm, it's for good or for bad. Like eclipses are no joke. Um, well, hopefully the families that own the other horses that are with that trainer, move them to either different trainers or facilities Correct. or whatever that looks like. So you would hope that they wouldn't want their horses being put in exactly. jeopardy like that. 
Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's very, very sad. Um, I feel like that's all of the pop culture we had, right? I think. I think so. Yeah, I think that was it. I know it's such it's a blur. Like, I feel like so much pop culture has happened in the last, like, we started with Sandoval and it just has kept going. Oh my God. It's Wait, did you see the thing on going. Instagram? Oh my God. Um, I have no idea where I saw it, but somebody was like, who knew that in like the nineties or early two thousands, a guy who was being cast as a model on Laguna beach was going to cause the biggest scandal yes. ever in Bravo history. Crazy. Crazy. I like played that real a million times. I'm like, is this really him? I'm like, yeah, I think it was, is him this real? It. it was him. No, it looks, I mean, it, it looks like him. That's it's him. wild. It's wild. See, I'm like, that's what I need the astrology for. <laughs> that's my coronation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. Oh my God. Too much. Too much. So I, I think we're going to answer a handful of questions that listeners have submitted because we want to make sure we're always giving you what you need. And then um, Cindy has a few messages from the other side that she's channeled in that we're going to chat about. Um let me go back and pull up the questions we got. Quite a few of them are related to our pregnancy episodes. That's still getting quite a bit of visibility. So the first question that was submitted was, what is your take on making sense or accepting when babies just don't come into one's life? For example, my sister struggled with infertility for years and is now well into her fifties without children. She had a firm belief that she was supposed to be a parent, but it just didn't happen for her. If you have any feedback, it would be greatly appreciated. Hmm. So I'll first say that, you know, each person is a little unique. So I'm going to try and keep this more general for anyone listening who's known someone that this has happened to or feels the same way about their own life if they're trying to get pregnant in the moment, right? Which is to say that, um, I believe that everything, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And I also believe that, uh, to a degree, a lot of our life is more about the journey than the end destination. Right. So remembering that, like anything that you're going through, there's a lesson in it, especially if something happens repeatedly year over year, decade, you know, months over months after months, like you also have to take a moment to look at the potential journey lesson that's coming up for you in order to heal shift and release, you know, any of the pain and suffering that you're going through. Right. Cause that's, we talked about this, I think in a recent episode of like heaven is on earth, but it's about releasing the suffering, but keeping the lessons. So mm-hmm. what lesson is showing up for you or what is it that's truly trying to be revealed to you through this journey that you're on? Right. The other thing I would say about someone who's like in their fifties or, or someone who's like feeling like they're quote unquote past the age of having kids or feel like they're meant to be a mama that didn't quote unquote happen is, you know, be careful about falling into societal or social Mm -hmm. or cultural narratives of how things should come to you Mm -hmm. or how things should be in your life. Right. Because these babies coming in, anyone in their, I'd say 40s, 30s, 20s, trying to get pregnant or or wanting a family, 
they do not care how they show up. Meaning it could be through adoption. It could be through a surrogate. Mm -hmm. It could be through egg donors, sperm donors. It could be through doing it on your own, like getting a donor and doing it on your own and not having the partner. Like it, you know, these babies don't care, but I feel still that society, culture, religions, religion's a big one, really put a lot of pressure that it has to be in a certain order and a certain Mm -hmm. way and a certain time frame. And and if it doesn't happen in that, then I think people, I'm not gonna say they give up, but they start to, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. freak out over that. And maybe they're, maybe they're so hyper-focused on it happening in one particular way, you're maybe not open or not looking at the other possibilities of how to bring a child forward. I do think a lot of these babies also are less, there's less emphasis on like DNA family and more Mm -hmm. emphasis on just chosen family. Like I know it's kind of like a trending word or trending thing, but like your chosen family being your friends and the people that are really close to you as being family versus true biological blood related family. I'm not saying those can't be great too, but I am saying there's other versions of family trying to come forward in the world. And that might be the lesson of like, how are you choosing family? Like, how is it showing up for you? Um, that I would look at those things. And I would even say to someone who's in their fifties, like, look at Hoda, what's her face? Mm-hmm. Um, Hoda, I don't know her last name. I know um, you're Kathleen talking about. Hoda. Yeah. Yeah. On the show, she adopted a baby. Like, I think she was in her fifties when she did yeah, it. She, I think she wanted was. a kid. was finally at a point in her career where she felt she could do it and she did it. I mean, yeah. I don't know what her journey was leading up to that, but I know she adopted a kid and she's very happy. Like, well, yeah, I, think, I assume she's very happy. So I would also say like, don't give up on like, if that's your dream, who cares how old you are? Yeah. Like, you I know, there's you. just, again, like society, I feel like, and culture and religion, put all these pressures and like, it has to be a certain way in a certain time. And if not, then it's not happening. But that's just, again, the ego trying to force things in a certain way, or it's a limiting yeah. belief that needs to be released. Maybe that's part of the reason why it's happening in this way. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, um, not you and I, but like, just generally, I think as a society, we have to be careful about the narratives and messages we share on these topics, like with friends, family, whatever, um, because it does kind of get stuck in your head. And I even over the weekend, I was having a conversation with someone who was telling me um, somebody they know had their a baby at 47. And she was like, can you believe that in, you know, when they're 57, their baby will be 10 and does it, can you imagine? And so late and it's like, well, it happens when it happens, you know? And I was telling them about one of my friends in Chicago, um, met the love of her life at 42 and literally within a year got engaged. She knew she wanted kids and her doctor had said to her, it's going to take you forever to get pregnant. You should start trying now. So as soon as they got engaged, they started trying within two months, she was pregnant and had, you know, beautiful daughter. And, um, yeah, so it's just, it's funny, the narratives that people tell us versus Mm -hmm. like what actually happens or like how things are actually presented into our life. So Mm -hmm. very interesting. Yeah. I mean, look at Hillary Swank. She just had like twins at 48. Yes. Again, I don't know how, I don't know how she got pregnant. I don't know if she was a donor, or if it was surrogate or she had, or not surrogate, I'm sorry. She had them herself. So it's not a surrogate. I don't know if she had a donor or if she had her eggs frozen or if she used IVF or it was natural. Like, I don't know, but who cares? She still carried babies to full term on her own yeah. at 48, 48. Yeah. I just, I think like mid to late 
30s, early 40s is just like the new norm. I think people yeah. just have to get used to it. Like, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with it. Like who decided we were old in our mid 30s to late 30s to like, you know, I say all the time, I'm like, I look at women that are 40 and I'm like, you look like you are like 29 years old. Like it's such a societal construct that they're like, oh, once you hit 30 or whatever, like you're old or you need a wrinkle cream or like, like these women look great. I hope I look like that. So. Yeah. Yep. So. Anyway. Um, second baby question. And then I think we just had like one or two more after this, but these were kind of the big ones we wanted to address today. Somebody wrote in a close friend of mine just lost her pregnancy at 24 weeks after everything was going quote unquote perfectly. She's very into angel numbers and found supportive signs loud and clear along the way. Obviously, it's nearly impossible to make sense of any unexpected loss such as this, but I'm just wondering if you might add some into insight to this type of situation too. Thanks for your consideration. Oh, I'm sorry for your friend's loss. That is very sad, no matter what. Yeah. So again, it's probably, it's very highly individualized, but I will just note that in the babies that I've channeled for clients that have had stillbirths or gotten to, you know, second term, third term, trimester, miscarriages, you know, that the souls, when they come through are saying that the challenges they would have needed and had to overcome were like too many or too great, essentially Mm -hmm. like you don't know what you're being protected from. Like maybe it's a baby that's going to be, have like, um, you know, handicapped or, or yeah. I mean, I hate using that word, but just, let's just say like um, physical limitations, limitations. or, yeah. yeah, I don't like using a handicap. Um, you know, like something or, uh, you know, something their heart that their soul didn't want to experience. We, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that their soul was like, eh, this isn't, this bad, this physical, like, you know, yeah. Form is not the way I thought it was going to be, or it's not working out exactly the way. So they're, they're choosing to leave it or let it go Mm -hmm. because it's too great of a burden or suffering that, that, yeah, their soul was like, I'm not, this is not for me or for you like as the parent. So as hard as it is, we can't, you know, we can't see ahead like that, but they, on the other side, you know, your loved ones are not bound, including spirit babies are not bound by time and space. They have yeah. access to the Akashic records and can see into the future and see the different potential outcomes. And they can see the one that we're headed on or that they're headed on mm-hmm. with the particular, you know, baby that's growing. And they might be like, actually, this is, uh, this isn't, I don't want to do this. Or they're still renegotiating contracts. And maybe they're like, you know what? I mm-hmm. took on too much as a soul. I'm actually gonna, you know, exit stage left on this one yeah. and start over again with a new, a new contract yeah. with you. You know what I mean? And so there are still lessons in losing a soul like that, but those are going to be much gentler in the long mm-hmm. run than maybe what the soul had planned or what they saw. So it could be in a renegotiated contracts that's coming in, that's changing the course. And that's why the baby is lost. Quote unquote, you know, the soul's never yeah. lost. It's just that that physical body isn't going to be sufficient for what that soul has planned in its lifetime. So mm, interesting. That makes sense. That um, I read somewhere that like technically the soul is not how do I put this? Not in the body or not like attached to the body until like 
I don't know, something like the last three weeks of a pregnancy or two weeks of a pregnancy or something, which is why there are so many, that's why you can Mm -hmm. have so many late stage, um, you know, stillbirths or or miscarriages, like things like that. So, um, literally until up until the time it's like actually physically born, there's still, uh, you know, something happened, but it's, it's more likely that like, you know, it's before the last trimester that something happens. Cause that's when the soul actually is like, okay, I'm committed. So yeah. I don't know what 24 weeks is. I think that's still at the halfway point, I believe yeah. is 50, 40 weeks. It's a yeah. little more than halfway. I don't know, but things to think wow. about actually don't think about it. Just things that if exactly. you hear some of this stuff, this is energetically what's happening from the spirit on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important when these things do happen, even though we know the spiritual messages behind it and what's going on on the other side, it's still sad. And, you know, you deserve to take the time to process that loss and um, heal in your own way. So if you've experienced something like that, we are thinking about you. Um, I think the last question maybe the last question we had, I think the last question we had was on manifesting love and abundance, which I know we've talked about before and I could not think of the episode that it was in. So I'm going to have to go back and look at all of our show notes so that I can relate. The lucky girl syndrome. Was that the one? Um, I do think we talked about it in lucky girl, but I'm pretty sure we've done an entire episode on manifesting and manifesting in relation to love. So I'll have to go back and look at it, but I'll let you give a quick and dirty version now. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because I channeled in a message around the law of attraction and manifesting. So I will wrap, I'll finish with that. But I mean, I don't know if there are particular rituals about love and abundance, but yeah, I always tell my clients in love that um, you can only meet another soul as deeply as you've met yourself. And if you yeah. aren't in love with your life and where you're at, then don't expect somebody else to fall in love with it. Mm-hmm because that's not how it works. Like you got to be in love with your life first and then someone will come in and, and, and experience and enjoy that with you. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's the work, right? Like the rituals would be like, okay, how can you fall more in love with your life? Like what would make you feel yeah. more joyful? Like we were talking about yeah. this before we got on of like, um, this is a message that was coming up all last week for the eclipses around yeah. joy. And if you're focusing all of your energy and attention on just one you know, finding your partner or the wedding or yeah, I don't know, a job yeah. or like for me, it's horse riding. It's not like my hobby. It's like when you're focusing yeah. everything on that, when, when you're, if you're starting to become overly critical and kind of snappy and like frustrated yeah. and triggered a lot, especially around that one topic, then that is a telltale sign that you are not actually happy in other areas of your life. Because if you were, you would not be so thrown off when something happens in that one thing, right? Like it would suck. Like, yeah, it sucks, but like it wouldn't throw off your whole energy. It wouldn't frustrate you. It wouldn't send you like a depression, anxiety. Like it it wouldn't because you'd have all these other things that are also upholding your happiness and your joy, not just this one person, place, job, hobby, event, experience, asking it to do that. Right. Yeah. So that's the other thing around like loving about is if you're just, if you're kind of miserable being single, and you're just, you're always better in a relationship and you're unhappy all the other times. And I would say like, you got to focus on that, like making the other parts of your life happy that way you're not so upset when 
you are and are not dating. It also helps when you're yeah. happy in other areas. And when you do go on a date, it doesn't work out. You're not like devastated afterward. You know, it's like, okay, it didn't yeah. work out next on the next, you know, you have all these other things to look forward to. So it's just about, and this is like, I think a theme for the eclipses in Pluto, like revealing, like, are you really happy? Like, are you yeah. really at peace with the areas of your life? And I can tell you right now, if you are overly hyper-focused and overly hyper-critical and expecting perfectionism in like one perfect area, and when it doesn't work out, you get like so frustrated, then you're yeah. not actually happy in other areas of your life. It's just, it's not a thing. Yeah. You can't, it's, that's not how it works. So it's true. Um, no, it's true. We get hyper fixated and then, and we don't realize. Yes. 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 So on that note, the message that came in, I was like on the beach, the lake, Ooh. it's not only a beach, beach at the I lake, whatever. Know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I was just meditating and something came through about law of attraction, which is the manifest ah. manifesting. So law of it. We, I know, I know we talked about that in the lucky girl syndrome and law of attraction. We talked about the difference between the two. They're basically the same thing, but law of attraction yeah. is more the long-term like end goal. Lucky girl is all the, you know, the quick and dirty, like you're looking for one particular thing or event trying to make it perfect. Right. So in law of attraction, um, my guides were saying that it is likened to the sands of a beach that just a few grains seem insignificant, silly, even what good are a few grains of sand? but bring thousands upon thousands upon thousands of them together. And you have a beautiful, solid, tangible beach. Your thoughts when manifesting are the same. Just a few thoughts in the direction of what you want are insignificant, silly even, but continue to bring thousands upon thousands upon thousands of positive thoughts toward your dream. And suddenly you'll find that you have created a solid, beautiful, tangible reality around you, a foundation so strong with which you can build more dreams upon. So be like the beach. Mm. Mm. thought that was kind of cool. It is cool. And it's interesting, the relation between thoughts and manifesting and the grains of sand on a beach that makes sense that's a really cool way to relate it yeah so like um, don't just throw one or two thoughts out there and expect yeah. oh it's gonna happen yeah it I mean I mean maybe but like it has to be consistent yeah don't get defeated if you think it, you know, one or two times or you ask for it one or two times and it doesn't happen. Exactly. Got to keep asking, got to keep working at it. And I, what I found like personally is you have to kind of like, trying to think of a better way to say this, but like show that you're ready for it. Like if you mm -hmm. just say you want something, but then like the actions aren't behind it or like emotionally you're not ready or whatever it is like it, it won't come through yet until you're ready so um I like that mm -hmm. I like that um all right well we've been all over the place today but I love it yeah we got I um, love when we have episodes like this <laughs> I know the last thing I wanted to share just quickly which is kind of funny last week so um 
we, my husband and I were in Chicago for the week last week. We live in Nashville most of the time now. Um, but I hosted a philanthropic event and of course got to see Cindy a lot last week, which was really nice. And one of our other friends and, um, we rented a house in old town for the week. And of course it was literally the last day that we were there. I went for a long walk and like literally randomly in the middle of this neighborhood in old town, there's this big statue of Archangel Michael who Cindy has always told me since I started working with Cindy when I got sick, um, Archangel Michael, Archangel Michael is working with you. He's always with you. He's sending you signs. And I have always seen like blue light or found like random feathers and things of that nature. And then I like literally stumbled upon the statue of him and I was like, Oh my God. So I have to have a little chat with him because apparently he's around. Um, but I, just I love, love that. There, that because it was really cool. I brought DJ went into the office last week, and when he got home, I like brought him over to see it. I was like, "You have to see the statue I found." <laughs> He's probably like, "What statue?" So, um, I took a picture of it all to post on my story, so you guys can. Yeah, see you'll definitely have to share it when we share the episode. Like, include the picture of that so people can see it. That's so yeah. cool. It's funny how that shows up, right? Um, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it, I also feel like, you know, when you most need it, the signs will be there. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you can't, and, and also not to be looking for them, but asking for them, like you just said, like, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. Spirits are always with you. Like God's always with you. It's just that we're the ones that like, not choose to ignore, but like, forget, forget to look or forget to ask. Right. So yeah, it's that's crazy. I Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I had a crazy week last week because I sent you that article that woman wrote from like years ago. Yes. About my reading I did for her. Like I'm like, yes. oh my God, like years ago. Like I'm talking like it was at least two, three years ago. I did group and she was in it. And I apparently had said to her, you know, uh, I think it was her dad that I was talking to. And I said, He's mentioning the swords and you should keep them. Uh, yeah. And I was, I'm, I'm, can, I can totally, I don't remember saying this, but I can totally remember my head being like, What the F am I talking about? <laughs> like a sword? Like who has, yeah. like, this has got to be a yeah. metaphor for something. Well, she wrote an article and like even sent it to me. And she was like, No, I have literal like swords, like samurai swords above that my mantle so and I, funny. from my dad. And I was trying to decide what to do with them at the time. And I was literally looking at them that morning. And then I went to this thing and you said, You should keep them. Cause she's like, I know if I should keep them, put them in storage, yeah. give them away, sell them because they're oh worth money. God. So she's like, you said to keep them. So I'm keeping them. And I was like, okay, Love did not it. know we were talking about an actual sword. Crazy. Like it's wild, wild. And then I was channeling for another woman recently. And I literally felt like I was choking to death, like smoked, like choking mm. to death. And she was like, no, no, no. Well, it turns out her husband's grandfather died in a coal mine or great grandfather died in a coal mine. Like oh the coal, like the thing had collapsed and they basically suffocated. Like, and I was like, oh, oh that's why I couldn't breathe. Like it was that's wild. Terrible. So like, yeah. I mean, it's sad to say that's what used to what happened the day, but it was just like this crazy stuff that I'm like, you cannot yeah. make this up. Like, no, that's crazy. That's nuts. crazy. Just, yeah. And then when I was doing a group this weekend, I was like, <laughs> it sounds so funny. I'm like talking to the bachelorette and I was like, your grandmother is saying she'd love, you know, she, you know, you picked a significant date for your wedding and she's really happy that you yeah. chose like the family date or whatever. And she started crying. And I was like, what is she talking about? She's like, we're getting married on the 26th. And that's like our family number. Like everywhere we go, we see that number. She's like, it's a birthday date. It's a wedding date for a lot of us. Like, she's like, it's just oh. our favorite number. And I was like, oh, well, 
That's I don't know if you realized neat. you chose that. She goes, I didn't at the time, but she goes, once we realized it, it was really cool. And yeah. I was like, yeah, your grandmother's oh thanking God. you for this. Yeah. Like just such cool stuff. Like it's just crazy. It's like, you can't make it up. You know what I mean? No, you can't. You really can't. And to be clear, um, I did not, the bride did not book the parties. So like I didn't even know her. I only knew it was her first name. Like there's no way I could have like looked no. her up or anything. Yeah. Cause her friend booked the party for her. And I met her literally that morning and was like, oh, you know, you picked this for your date. Like, yeah, there's no way I could have like known that stuff. So oh it's crazy. God. That's wild. Um, I know. Fun stuff. It's been like a cool. Never a shortage of, of good sign symbols communication. I know. Exactly. I um, so good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I will give you a little spoiler that next week our episode will be with the one, the only, the modern astrologer, Lauren O'Connell, who you know I'm low-key, high-key obsessed with. Um, I'm really excited, though, because this is an episode that's been in the works for a while. We are going to be discussing astrology and symbolism um, within like Christianity and Catholicism, maybe other religions. religions. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm super, super curious to hear more about this and connect some of the dots. Um, and Lauren is just like a wealth of information, obviously on astrology. So it should be good. Um, first housekeeping item. If you love slightly spiritual podcast, or even if you just listen to us occasionally, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps us get served to other people that may be interested in slightly spiritual in the community that we've built, um, which we love. So we love being a resource for people in their day-to-day lives. Second housekeeping item is that Cindy and I have started talking about doing a handful of live, slightly spiritual events and recordings in certain cities that we have a larger listenership in. So if you are somebody that knows about events or has a venue connection, so on, so forth, yada, 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 please reach out and send us a DM and let us know as we start to craft this for 2023, 2024. Um, thanks for listening. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to send them in on Instagram and we will do our best to answer them. Have a good week, you guys. Bye. Bye.